Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. You know, last year in the Super Bowl, there was lots of bets going on. Uh, a lot of people got nervous when Kansas City was down, even in the fourth quarter. But they pulled through for those Kansas City betters, and they're right back here in the opener this season. So for game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker with you here as always. Thanks again for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, remember you can rate and review on Apple. Five stars always helps us out, and we're available wherever else podcasts can be found. And with all that good stuff out of the way, Alex, what's going on? We got a, a lot of good stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, man, we got some great stuff. The draft is hit, man, so some great stuff going on. Yeah, of course, the draft uh, a few weeks back, uh, NBA free agency. You know, most guys obviously have signed. There's still some pieces to fall, but... Um, you know, some some waves being made for both the players that left and the really the main player that the Clippers brought in. So uh, we can get into all of it here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. And and Alex, I think we'll start with with one of the players who left because it's obviously such a you know a dramatic way to leave when you leave your team and go to maybe their biggest rival in in what Mon- in what Montrez Harrell did. So I think uh, we'll start there. You know, Clippers fans. I don't think they were too upset that he left because it felt like that writing was kind of on the wall. He obviously had such a bad playoff performance and, you know, there was stuff in the offseason about some discontent. But obviously him going across the hall to the Lakers is a, a little bit of a shock. And, you know, especially since he didn't really go for much money, you know, the mid-level, you know, nine million a year, essentially uh, a bit of surprise all around. But what are your what are your just your takes on uh, on Montrez moving across the hall? Man, I think it was a great business decision for him, you know, just me being a player. Um, he saves a lot of money just going next door. You know, he might have to leave uh, your house too far, you know. So, uh, but from the standpoint as a fan, I'm pretty sure they're under, 
they it was a slap in the face. You know what I mean? Because they had a great key piece, uh, Montrez, um, this year, outstanding player, man, phenomenal perimeter guy, and can defend. And it's not just like they lost something; they lost like a really good all star, you know, caliber player that helped this team a lot. So, um, you know, I I respect the move more than anything, and I salute it for sure, but it just made Lakers even more dominant to the point of, you know, an unstoppable team that they are right now. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think, you know, obviously Clipper fans have, have loved Montrez for the energy that he's brought and, you know, everything that he's done over the years. Uh, it, it, really over the past, I think this past season, even though, as you said, he won six man of the year, uh, it seemed like, and we saw it in the, you know, the team letting go Doc Rivers, it seems like the team in general was kind of just moving away from from Montrez. And as we said, we saw in the playoffs, you know, in particular, they were tough matchups for him because he's undersized. But, you know, really got sure. exposed by Jokic and, you know, Boban the round before. Yeah. Uh, and just specifically when it comes to playoff basketball, at least having him as one of your, you know, maybe core guys who's playing 30 minutes a game uh, is not conducive to, to what they were looking to do. So I think, you know, I think it makes sense why they didn't want to bring him back. And also for him, like you said, you know, now he can go to a team where, you know, he might not be in their closing lineup. So I don't know if he'll be happy about that, but he'll certainly be, be able to have his weaknesses maybe hidden a little more with a guy like Anthony Davis and, and now Marcus all other guys that can kind of help him and allow him to still play, you know, the minutes that he would hope to get. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, um, and besides that, too, I see him getting even better, you know, playing with this guy uh, every day in practice, you know. So he's going to get better from that point. But um, just, the, just, the, just the beast that he is, man, I, I think he has great upside as far as what he can, he can deliver and what he can bring. Um, it's, it's a great category for him as a, as a sixth man. That means that he's doing any and everything for the team to make him win, you know. So uh, he's a team player. And um, he, he's willing to do that and, and show it. Yeah, and I mean, look, he was signed to, to Clutch, obviously, and is signed to Clutch, and we know that's basically LeBron Inc. And they, you know, they made that they made that work uh, in bringing him <laughs> and bringing him across the hall. And, and you know, like like you said, obviously, if the Clippers don't make an offer, which it d- doesn't seem like they did, then he's got to make his move elsewhere. And um, I do think the playoffs probably cost him a fair bit of money it was it was out there that charlotte had a bigger offer for him out there not sure you know how much bigger um but you know i'm sure coming into the year and you know there are so many factors that play into it you know with covid and obviously you know the unfortunate death of of montress's grandmother and going into the bubble and you know everything that led to you know a poor showing in the playoffs but i think you know we were talking a year ago about montress maybe getting paid anywhere from 15 to 20 million dollars a year and that basically got cut in half to you know nine ten million dollars so I think like you said I think I think teams use that to, to their advantage you know being in the lack that he had a poor effort as far as in the playoffs um I think that was his his, his shine of where he could have exploded you know but he did have a lot of setbacks from from the beginning where he he missed a lot of games you know uh, due to uh, family absences, and um, it paid a, it played a lot of toll on him getting back into the groove and the mix. The team was moving towards a, a standpoint of, of knocking over 
um, caliber, great caliber teams like, you know, the Denver Nuggets and stuff like that. So he was still trying to play catch up. At, you know, he was trying to, you know, figure it out at the inside the bubble too. So it was hard, man, for real. It definitely was for him to, to show his full potential. But we know what kind of player he is, though, man. Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, short term, it's going to help the Lakers and the fact that I think one of the things that they were looking for most, you know, coming off this championship run and playing with the very short turnaround that they're going to have with the season starting so soon, we know they're planning on kind of easing LeBron and Anthony Davis and the key guys back in. You know, they can potentially rest them a couple games and really just roll with Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell, who can, at least in the regular season, put up big numbers and win you some games like that. Whether that translates into the playoffs, uh, not quite sure. But obviously for them, it just adds to, to, to the depth and gives them a little bit different dynamic that they didn't have a year ago. Montrez gone. The the player that the Clippers ended up essentially replacing him with, and also we do need to mention, Jamichael Green uh, ended up signing in Denver after Denver lost Jeremy Grant. So, you know, Green arguably, just through his versatility, could be even an even bigger loss than, than Montrez. But that the guy the Clippers brought in to replace both those guys, at least in my opinion, was the person that they had to sign, the perfect fit for their team uh, in, in Serge Ibaka. Now, you know, we'll I'll give my opinion as well, but what do you think about the Ibaka signing and, and how he fits with the Clippers? Man, the Ibaka was great. Uh, I, that, that threw me for um, I really thought Ibaka literally was going to go to um, the Brooklyn Nets, to be honest with you, yeah. uh, due to the fact he had the relationship with uh, Durant. And uh, he was kind of alluding of the, of the pitch when he had his little cook show. I remember watching that. But, um, yeah, to see him out here in the West Coast, his game fits very well for the up-and-down tempo. He's a great perimeter, three-point shooter, pick-and-pop. And, and um, they needed a caliber as far as defense, you know, that they're missing from um, Montrez. So uh, it, it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. They, they, they lost something, but they gained a little bit more. Um, and I'm I'm talking about experience for a gentleman that's uh, Serge Ibaka's caliber that actually won a chip, you know what I mean? So getting over that hump, you need more pieces like that in order to get over this <laughs> this wall that they're accomplished, you know, getting over this hurdle. Yeah, and I, and I think that, you know, like you, you kind of just ran down the list, but there's so many reasons why it's a great signing for the Clippers and why he was kind of the right guy for them to, to add to this roster. And, you mentioned the ability to shoot the three from the either the power forward or the center position, most likely center minutes for Ibaka, uh, whether he's starting or backing up Zubats, but he'll play a lot no matter what. But the ability to, as you said, knock down the three ball and at the same time be a really stout defender. He obviously has his history as a shot blocker, but just in terms of just protecting the rim in general, does a great job, knows defensive schemes, and then on top of it, obviously has a relationship with Kawhi Leonard and knows how to play with him and, and win with him as he just did a few years ago in Toronto. So, you know, maybe that was the determining factor. As you said, he had that relationship with Durant as well, but uh, more recently with Kawhi and maybe Kawhi was the one who helped push that over the top. Yeah, true, true. They needed Kawhi to push that over the top for sure. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah. About- I think they fit, they fit well together, man, with, with Kawhi. Kawhi definitely needs some... some some blood that he's played with before to help him as well, uh, knowing his game. Um, so, so that's going to be a good piece. You know what I mean? To have a have a big man to make decisions at the top of the key like that, like like 
boxing. He doesn't hesitate, man. He he's open. He shot. He make knock down threes. You know what I mean. He can put the ball on the floor, and um, he can he can do a lot of things on offense as well as defense. You know, he's going to be a serious problem. Um, but he's going to be a threat on on offense to these big guys too, trying to cut step out and try to guard him as well. Yeah, and it, it just opens up the floor and gives a dynamic that the team. You know, Jermichael Green provided that, you know, in spurts, but obviously didn't get probably as many minutes as he should have. Um, but, you know, that ascent, that type of player where he can defend and give you that versatility with his size and be a real, you know, defensive stalwart as a center, but also really create space and stretch the floor for the team offensively where, you know, obviously they have other players who Zubats is more on the interior. Montrez, of course, was on the interior uh, with Ibaka, you can have the floor spread uh, and not lose anything defensively. You can have him knock down threes, open the floor for everyone else, and still be able to to succeed on the other end. Yep. Yep, yep, definitely. And, you know, the Clippers, I think the offseason has been somewhat quiet outside of those kind of loud moves, but on draft night, we did get, of course, you know, the two second-round picks, but... I think more importantly to Clipper fans, a trade that happened uh, on draft night. Landry Shamit, who of course has been a fan favorite, a good shooter, young player with a lot of promise. Yeah. They sent him out for another young player with promise, Luke Kennard, just a year older, an inch taller, uh, slightly better uh, from <laughs> slightly better three point shooter and ball handler, but similar players. Uh, what did you think of the the trade to bring Luke Kennard in and send Landry Shamit? Um, to Brooklyn, sham it to Brooklyn in a three-team deal. No, I think I think you know that for sure. Lucas is a savage man. You know what I mean. He has his own style. He's not trying to be something but himself out there. And uh, you you know what you're getting when it comes to him. Uh, as far as Shamit though, he's a great young talent. Uh, still trying to find himself, and uh, he's hungry trying to get minutes. You know what I mean. But but Luca has definitely earned his minutes and his stripes. Um, playing with the Detroit Pistons, I've watched a lot of games of him, and you know that lefty is—he's lights out. You know, what I mean, from the perimeter, so it's no second guessing. He's putting it on the floor, he's executing, and uh, that extra inch, like you said, is definitely <laughs> helpful <laughs> as far as the perimeter. <laughs> yeah, you take whatever you can get in the in the the height department, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and I think even though Shamit, you know, does have ball handling ability, you know, his role in the Clippers was obviously coming off curls and screens and, you know, catch-and-shoot threes. And we'll see that with Luke Kennard. But I think also he has an underrated ability in Kennard to to run a lot of pick-and-roll. And we know we've talked about this team's need for another ball handler, another point guard. Kennard is not a point guard, but he certainly can help run offense and, you know, at times take pressure off Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard and them having to have the ball in their hands all the time. You have another guy who can kind of create some offense for you. True, that is true, and uh, you don't have to worry about him bringing the ball up and stuff. Um, and uh, it, it, it's just it's just a great perimeter shooter all around, man. I really like this this transition in this trade. I'm really hoping that they they'll lock into um, putting a putting a package deal so they can get what they what they really need. You know what I mean? As a point guard. And Alex, to your point about adding a point guard, we know that the offseason is not over, but. Uh, the next season is quickly approaching. Training camp starts in a couple of days, so any additions that you want to make to your roster, you would figure the Clippers would do in the next few days. But you know the the point guard market that was out there, free agent wise, is pretty dry. We know that they've added 
Kai Bowman from the Warriors, who, you know, could make the team, could not. Um, but free agent-wise, there's really not many point guards left out there. We know we've heard rumblings that there could be a trade in the works, but but nothing concrete there. What do you think is the best way for them to go about adding a point guard? You know, the, the, the really the only trade pieces that they have right now that they'd want to part with or could part with are, are obviously guys who handle the ball already and Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams and, and then you have Zubats, obviously the big man, but it doesn't, I don't think they'd want to trade him. So, you know, we've heard Lou Williams' name out there a lot. Uh, to get rid of him, I feel like you need to get a lot back. So it's a it's an interesting uh, dilemma and dyna- dynamic for them. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I think for me, if I was a GM, I'd probably look for somebody some fresh blood. Uh, if you can mold into a great point guard throughout the season, um, uh, I, I really don't have no names throughout there right now. I'm with uh, Powell from, uh, where's my man at? Uh, Seton Hall, I think that's the team you went to. Excellent point. Excellent uh, perimeter. Uh, I forgot his name. What the heck? Oh yeah, uh, Miles Powell. He um he signed at least a training Powell, camp invite yeah. with uh with the Knicks. So he's a uh, at least for the moment um has a team that he's trying to make. But you know you never know if he'll become available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Powell for sure, man. I think I think they just they just need a scoring point guard more than anything, man. Um, that that. You know, can get a ball up, but at the same time, create for itself and not be such a limited liability out there that that's, they're going under screens and stuff like that. So uh, I think that's going to be a good suit for they can find somebody that can actually put the ball in the, in the hole from the man. I think that's the biggest key right there. Yeah, and we've, we've talked about it a little bit, but say if the Clippers keep this primary roster that we see right now intact... Uh, how comfortable would you feel with, you know, right now, essentially the backup point guard is Terrence Mann. Now, you still have Lou Williams, who handles the ball. You still have Kennard, as we just said, who handles the ball. But how confident are you in, in a young guy like Terrence Mann to potentially get some some significant minutes uh, if this is how the roster is constructed? No, yeah, I'm a Terrence Mann fan. You know what I mean? I, I, I love the way he plays, and uh, I love his energy that he comes out there. Uh, Whatever minutes he gets, he's ready to play, and uh, he's he, he, you know like he's not that rookie greeting trying to I'm trying to get points to show everybody that I can score. He really is looking to do the right things, taking less you know turnovers as possible, and running the team. And that goes a long way as far as in, in a rookie standpoint that he's here because he wants to play and he wants to learn the game. He's going to be a sponge, you know. And uh, we talked about it last time as having you know Chauncey Billups as a as a um, huge piece to, to teaching him, you know, key things to help him get along the way and be assertive uh, when they do put him out there. So uh, I'm a big fan for sure. And I think that, man, you know, like who knows how many minutes he'll be asked to play. Uh, it probably won't be a ton at the outset, but one thing that I've liked about him and just, you know, his short time as a rookie is, you know, as you said, Obviously, someone who has potential, but I, you know, just the toughness that he showed. You know, early in the season, you know, he got in a little scuffle with Luka Doncic, who's obviously one of the best players in the game, and just his refusal to kind of back down from anyone. You know, that's not always common for a rookie in the league, and he, of course, has you know big size for a point guard. You know, there's things he has to develop. We saw his shot coming along at the end of the year, but if you know if that is something they can pull out of him and develop with guys like Chauncey Billups and you know, the coaching staff they put together, which has a developmental flow to it, 
uh, you know, he could be a surprise for people in, in what he could bring to the team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen a point guard that actually shoot lights out. You know, Steph Curry had a hell of a time trying to shoot. You know, coming into the league his first year, so you never know. You know, his, his work ethic is off the charts from what I'm hearing, and uh, you know, you know, that goes a long way. You know, so hats off to man. He's been working hell of hard. Um, and this summer, this offseason, proving itself that he can do, you know, certain things and be capable of uh, running the team when it's time. So I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, so we'll see if the, the Clippers kind of entrust him with some backup point guard minutes. That'll be interesting. Um, we know that one of the other spots yeah. that they might be looking to fill could be maybe a backup wing or backup power forward. We know they re-signed Patrick Patterson as well, who could get some of those minutes, but... Um, what do you, do you feel comfortable? Say uh, same kind of question with Terrence Mann. Do you feel comfortable with with Patterson as the primary backup four? Do you think they still need to to look for for more out there on the free agent market before training camp starts? Man, yeah, they got they got to look for there's some there's some backup fours out there for sure. Patterson does a great job for the minutes he got, but you know I think he he is a liability on defense for sure. Um, he can he can pick and pop. He can shoot the corner just three, just at the best of them for sure. Um, I would I would similarly think of him like a PJ Tucker, but a little bit more of what he does because he actually dribbles once, you know. Yeah. But no shade on PJ Tucker, but the same point though. Uh, you got to get a little bit more um, in this day and age out of your your power forward than what he brings for sure. Um, I think uh, they should they should really you know search the market for that. And I think there that might be one of the places in you know in the market that that there is talent still out there and and I think honestly some of the reason we've seen kind of this holding pattern for the Clippers is there's a lot of guys who either could become available whether they're you know cut from teams that don't want to spend that money or traded because they have too many roster spots but. You know, a guy like Nick Batum, who hasn't been, he's kind of been in basketball purgatory with the Hornets for a couple of years, but they're looking to, you know, either cut him or trade him after signing Gordon Hayward. He's someone who has a lot of versatility and talent still. Uh, you know, Dwayne Dedman was just cut. He's a big man who can shoot the ball and defend. So there's guys like that out there that I think could be helpful if they, you know, the Clippers add them before the season starts. Yeah, nah, Nick Batum is a great guy. Uh, French assassin, man. <laughs> yeah, he gets the job done for sure. Yeah, in looking at this roster, we know you mentioned the backup point guard. Uh, what jumps out to you in terms of, do you think, you know, we obviously say we think they need to do a little bit more, but um, as constructed in general, how, how confident do you feel about this team going forward? We know that whether it's before training camp or trade deadline later in the year there will be some moves made but in general mm-hmm. what what's your feelings about the team and, and how far they can go uh as far as now i, I think they can't get over that hump um even with Kawhi and paul george for sure um uh, but i think i think now it's looking promising uh they really have to have to figure out these pieces, a lot of chess pieces have been moved right now. Great guy, great players is moving around real fast, you know. Um, so uh, definitely some, some horses in there that that can fit the pieces that that are missing. 
for this puzzle uh, because no matter what, man, at the end of the day, you got to figure out how to get over. You got to put the ball in the basket in the fourth quarter. You know, that's the name of the game. You can't have this this uh, dilemma that we had in the playoffs where you can't even, you know, you run out of gas. Uh, so that was the biggest key right there is figuring out how to, you know, put the ball in the basket at the end of the day. That's how I, that's how I see it. So they need some more horses to figure this out. Yeah, I think right now, you know, one of the biggest strengths, obviously, of the team last year was was depth and how deep they were. And we know playoff time, that gets shortened up anyway. But I think, yeah, I do think a few more pieces need to be added. I think they're still right in the mix and going to be, you know, one of the top two or three teams in the Western Conference. And then, obviously, you take your chances from there. But, um, you know, I think a few more pieces need to be added just to round out the roster. And, and I think one of the most important things, talent-wise, they're still right up there, but making sure they have the chemistry right. Because we know that was an issue last year. And, you know, there's, a, of course, new coaching staff with Ty Lue. They're going to do things a little differently. But uh, I think the tools and the pieces are there. But uh, just on the fringes, if you, like we said, back up four, back up one, additional depth, I think those things uh, can be improved, uh, you know, before the team gets going. Yeah. Yep, you hit it on the head, yep. So we got a lot of more soul searching and uh it's not just like the uh the five is out there or the team. They they got a whole new coaching staff. It's a whole new system, you know what I mean? So plays a huge toll, I mean, role in, in into everything as well too. But being the fact that you had the assistant that knows um what was missing, you know what I mean? Now he has a full hundred percent voice to, to, to come in and change things around. Uh, that can be an advantage. I look at it as well, too. What do you think about that? No, I think so. I think absolutely. And we, you know, we talked about when the coaching change was made, uh, just kind of the small tweaks that could really unlock some greatness from this roster. So I, I I'm, I'm still confident that that's going to be the case. And the staff that they put together, I think, is a, a really, really good staff. So I'm, I'm confident about that. And I think one thing that will probably help them a little bit. Not that these guys shy away from pres- pressure at all, but Last year, we had all the talk of, you know, not every expert, but a majority of experts kind of picking the Clippers to win the championship and being the best team in the league. And while they're certainly still in that tier, I think rightfully so right now. The Lakers, of course, won the championship. They added pieces to their team. Uh, you know, I think right now the Lakers have all the attention and, and pressure of being labeled the best team in the league. And the Clippers can can somewhat fly under the radar. They're still going to have a lot of pressure and expectations, but I think, you know, the the talk around the offseason has not been as optimistic as it was last year, and that might honestly be a good thing because the roster is still very talented. Yeah, true, true. We got to, I mean, before we can even see the Lakers, we got to get over Denver right now, man. <laughs> That's the key. If we see them, we got to be able to get over the Joker, you know, so. That is true. I, th- I think one one thing in the offseason that, that is advantageous for the Clippers, especially when it comes to Denver, is, you know, Jeremy Grant took that big money to go to Detroit, and he was really the primary guy that made it tough on Kawhi Leonard in that series. So he's gone. We know Jermichael Green, of course, left the Clippers and went to Denver. That's a help for them. But I think the Jeremy Grant departure is a big deal for Denver. They don't really have as many perimeter defenders that can – can really hold down guys like Kawhi and Paul George. And you throw in the fact Torrey Craig also 
left for Milwaukee. So those are two of their better perimeter defenders that are gone. So I think I think that's a, that's a bit that's big on on both both moves for Denver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to figure it out too. They got to play some chess. Figure that out as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. As we said, training camp is is right around the corner. It'll start next week. So we're gonna, you know, see what other moves are made, and then we're gonna get ready to talk about kind of the the flow, the start of the season, and how things go. But uh, but we're we're officially back and rolling and ready to go for a new season real soon. Man, this is fast. I love it. I, I love <laughs> it. Let's go. Yeah, the, you gotta get like a like an NBA package two for one type deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, and I think the the best way to to wipe the taste of you know no way to sugarcoat it. One of the worst losses we've ever seen out of your mouth is to get back and get going right away. So uh, hurry up! <laughs> yeah, like nobody talk about it. We got a whole another season coming. Don't yeah, real. yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll put that one in the rear view and uh, and get ready for the future. So. Uh, Alex, good, good stuff as always. We'll talk again, as we said, next week and uh, and keep it going. Definitely. All right, guys. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Big thank you, as always, to my co-host, Alex Acker. And I'll throw out a big thanks to Serge Ibaka for kind of saving the Clippers offseason there and bringing a, a great deal of talent and versatility to the roster after losing a couple of key pieces we know out there, you know, scrolling through Twitter and Clipper Nation that I think a lot of fans were fine with Montrez leaving. Uh, as we said, it's just a move of going across the hall to the Lakers, which which stings, even if you were happy about him going, whether you weren't. Um, you know, we can be polite on this show, but a uh, little bit of a lame move, but we'll see. He's on the other side now. Uh, of course, wish him well as a great person that he is, but uh, won't be rooting for him on the court anymore, and that's okay. It'll be... Some fun, even more spicy Clippers-Lakers matchups coming up in this upcoming season, which is coming up very soon. We know December 22nd is the start date. Training camp's open next week. Preseason about a week or so after that. So we're ready to get rolling, as we said here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. And you can follow along with us here wherever you get your podcasts. We got you covered. So until next week, Jesse Cass signing off. We'll talk to you again on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.